You are listening to the podcast, I Am A Hidden Nut. New episodes air at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every Wednesday. No material in this podcast is suitable for any children of any age. And if you're looking for professionalism, you will not find it in this podcast. I show up to work one day, like a normal day. Great. Start tooling along, doing my thing. Just came to a screeching halt because why? Here comes my boss telling me that my plant supervisor needs to see me. Never a good thing. I'm telling you this now. I even looked at my manager and I'm like, what did I possibly manage to do now? Okay, because I'm me. I piss a lot of people off just breathing. So yes, what did I do now? So I doodle on up there real fit, fast, trying to get it out of the way so I can get my work done. And he goes, we're going to have to drug test you. Yeah, like worst nightmare come true because I'm not prepared to take a drug test. I'm high, right? Woo! He said, we found an orange cat, one of those sneaky bastard cats in the, f- in the female bathroom last night. So what does that say, ladies and gentlemen? Well, someone's using drugs. They're female. And I, at the time, was the only one there with a history of drug abuse. So it's me, right? Was it me? Yes. Yep, yep, definitely. But they don't know that yet, right? But okay, I about shit my pants, because at this time in my life, I had zero intentions of quitting that job and being jobless. I really actually thought it was my dream job at the time. Yeah, about that. But I shit my pants, and he goes, I just want you to know something. I thought, oh. He said, I'm going to be really sad if we have to let you go. This is what my plant manager is saying, okay, mind you. He goes, I'm going to be really sad if we have to let you go. You're doing a great job. Your work is phenomenal. Getting along with people better because this had been an issue. He's like, I'm going to be devastated if we have to lose you. Literally use the word devastated if he has to lose me, correct? Correct. He says, but I hope you understand we have to do this. And I said, sure. Totally get it as I'm like trying to be this hamster on a wheel in my brain figuring out how the fuck I'm going to get away with this. Not ready. Well, I was a smart motherfucker, let's put it that way. And how I got away with it doesn't matter. But I did. I took a test. It came back late. Think about, though, the words that came out of his mouth. He was going to be disappointed. Like He was going to be devastated to lose me as an employee. This discussion right here is going to be surrounding the topic of how we need to separate the drug from the person. They're two different things, okay? But in this this instance, and like pretty much every other instance, I was going to be lumped together with it as one being because it wasn't going to matter how good my work was. It didn't matter if he was going to be disappointed and devastated to lose me if I was using it. It made me bad person, bad employee, not high, not you know employable, fired. But why? I love this question of but why? Because we do so many things in this world can cause you to ask the question of but why? He was going to be devastated to lose me. He was going to be depressed. He was, he was upset about it, and he just he was really upset about it because I did my job well, more than well. I made them a lot of money. The numbers had improved ever since I had worked there. They were going to be upset about it, but it makes me pose the question again of why? Why do I have to lose my job? Clearly, I'm a good employee. I'm showing up, doing my job, I'm doing my job better than anybody else is doing the job. He would be devastated to lose me. So why? Am I showing up super late every day, calling out? Am I being reckless? Am I causing people to not, am I causing like uh, feeding safety hazards? Am I acting irrational? Am I talking to, to myself, talking to nobody? You know, do I think I have a dog with me on the line and I don't? Like, am I picking my face? Am I just being fucking crazy? Am I doing anything that would cause you to fire me? 
And the answer was no. From the crazy drug-related stuff to just normal people stuff like calling out, was I doing any of these things? And the answer was no. So why then? Why do I have to lose my job? Why would someone have to lose their job in this position? Drug use is not illegal. I hate to break it to you. It's not. Possession of, in some states, most states, it is illegal. It's not in mind anymore. The sale of, the distribution of, the making of, but not the use. So why? Why would I have to be let go of that? Somebody answer this for me, please. I know I know. at the end of this, these, pot, these segments and stuff, I, I tell you how to get to my website. Please send me a letter, send me an email. Prove me, prove me wrong here. Tell me why. See, I would understand if somebody was showing up to work late all the time. Somebody was being crazy, right? Because I, I operated heavy machinery. I did. I operated this huge crane that lifted up 900 pound copper bars that were loaded down with steel parts huge steel parts and I operated this crane to dip them dip them in chemicals that were electrified there was acids it was dangerous right so I understand the absolute need for whoever is operating that, that equipment to be at their best and to be alert but I was alert and I was at my best I was better than anybody else I made that company a lot of money. but I understand if someone was not following safety protocols and, and causing or creating the potential for harm physical harm of another employee persons that makes sense to me and then you find out they're using yeah okay cool that makes sense now why because their actions were negative the actions were deserving of being let go but if your actions are not deserving of such things being let go then why do you have to let them go especially if you don't want to why I don't feel like anybody could give me an answer to that that would hold up an argument but for argument's sake the only thing that explains this phenomena of sorts of lumping the two together are expectations 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 that were given to us by the world on how we are to behave with with with, with addicts how, how we're supposed to treat them and what addiction looks like no matter what and we don't even question it don't even question it not even for half us not even freaking second. Why? As we grow up in school, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, we are conditioned, we're, we're given expectations by our, by our teachers, by our parents, by our peers, about everything in the world. Everything. How we're supposed to dress, how we're supposed to talk, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. You can call them rules if you'd like, or what's popular or not popular, but, but all in all, all of that is just an expectation given to all of our reality is formed by all these different expectations. See, I was watching something called a TED talk. Basically, they're like mini seminar about, and usually the topics are about things that are kind of harder to wrap your head around. They're very abstract and they always leave you questioning what you thought you knew. And that's the point of them. They get you to think outside of the box. They actually have quite few on addiction that are agreeing with a lot of my opinions, but they did this one where guy plays audio sample. And when you hear it, so we'll call it sample A, right? When you hear sample A, it sounds like nothing but a bunch of weird garbled sounds. It's like wah, 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 wah. Something like that, right? That was actually pretty close. <laughs> it's the beach of whatnots. <laughs> but then he plays audio sample B, and it's a gentleman speaking, and he says whatever sentence that he says, but it's clear that it's, you know, words, and it's English, and we understand it. Then he plays audio sample A back, and all of a sudden, you can hear words. So what used to sound like a garbled mess when we first heard it, now we hear words. Now those words didn't just appear out of nowhere. He didn't just play a different sample saying it was the same one as before. 
It was the same one. The only difference was we had been given an expectation of what it was supposed to sound like. So our brain then took that expectation and translated the audio sample A into something that was understandable, something that we could process, something that we could do something with. What does that say about our realities? What that says is basically nothing that we think we know is created from within. Our entire reality created by experiences, by what we're told in the media, by our parents, by our peers, by our friends, teachers, whoever. They are giving us expectations and we are then translating them with our brains into reality. And that's why so many people give various accounts about one thing. That's why memory is so deep. Why someone two people that are going through the same breakup can see uh, different sides or, or see different things that happened wrong or right or whatever. And it could be this, you guys could be thinking of the same memory or the same situation, but have two completely different realities about it. Here's a really good example. I came home from school one day. I had three months of high school left. I had never dated. I grew up Mormon. I had never even kissed a boy. I didn't sneak out and go to parties. I didn't even cuss for hell's sake. But I came home from school. My stepmother pulled me into my room and she told me I needed to move out. Why would she do that? I don't know. Can't tell you this. Lots of theories. We had argued like anybody else, you know, any parent would argue with any child. But even so, not really. The one thing that we had been arguing about the most was the fact that I wanted to go to a church girls camp my last summer after graduating high school. She didn't want me to. That's our biggest argument. I mean, I went to school and I went home. I didn't go to after school things. I didn't get to go to prom. I didn't get to do any of that stuff. She made sure I went straight home. There wasn't a whole lot for her to be mad about, but she sure thought so. And she told me pretty much I had to either, either stay home and deal with her shit more or leave. And in my head, it wasn't really an option because if you can even say that to your child, for one, how do you think your kid's going to feel? Do you think they're going to feel very comfortable at home after that? No. They're going to be confused. Or so in my head, I, it wasn't really an option. I left. I grew up real fast that day. <laughs> I woke up in my child's bed and I went to bed an adult in a stranger's house. Because thank God. A friend of mine's mom took me in without question. That threw me through a loop. But that's my reality of the situation. Now, she tells it as I just left in the band of the family. Now, how the hell she says that, I have no fucking clue. Because what child wants to be kicked out of the house? I mean, okay, given, there's a lot of situations where people, children are, would be thrilled. And, and it, 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 usually it means their households are abusive. There's things going on there. But that wasn't the case here. I didn't have a desire to leave the house that day. It was never, ever my intentions. I thought I was going to be like all my friends, have supportive parents that cheered me on, was at my high school graduation, you know, bought me luggage as a joke, but helped me transition into college life or adult life, however that looked. That's, that was what I wanted. That's what, that's what I always wanted. And that's what I thought was going to happen. But so why would I, why would I make this up? But that's my reality and that hers. So how we had different realities of the same event. It's expectation. I had the expectations of having support, going blah, blah, blah. And then I just heard moving out is even an option. So just hearing those words, that was, you know, I, I left. I didn't feel like there was one. And in her mind, I, I can't speak for her. I don't know what more of her reality of the situation. But the point is, everybody sees things differently. But that doesn't make them right, now does it? I may be wrong in this. I don't know. I'm big enough to admit that. The next time you judge somebody for their addiction, thinking that you know what it's like, or you know what it's gonna look like, or you know everything about it, unless you've actually snorting some shit up your nose, you don't know shit. And I keep asking the question, why? Why are we lumping and judging together the same thing? Be judging them before they even act. Why do I have to lose my job? Why do I 
have to lose my friends and family? Why do I have to lose anything? If my actions every day on a day-to-day -day basis is the same as yours that are not using, why do I, why? Why? Answer this for me, please, somebody tell me why. Alright, and you just listened to another episode of I Am a Hidden Addict. Please feel free to check out www.hiddenaddict.com. There you're going to find lots of people just like you, things to do, post anonymous letters, events coming up, live events. Go there now, check it out. You'll be better for it.